off in Newcastle for a little surf today and it was good surfed a little wedge that uh, probably shouldn't tell anyone where it is or what it's all about but I thought while I'm here I need to duck in and pay a visit to some bodyboarding royalty I'm in his shop right now the John Crookshank interview Alright, we're rolling. We're rolling. And I think this is a bloody good looking spot. <laughs> Alright, it's my great pleasure to introduce John Crookshank to the Laboogie podcast. Thanks, mate. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's well, my, I'm having you. You're having me. You're in my shop. Yeah. And it's a beautiful shop. How long have you been in here now? I've uh, been in this one since September last year. September? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what brought on the move? You were out at uh, Lake Macquarie before, right? Or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Warner's Bay. Mm. Um, we were in a warehouse out there. It's awesome. Awesome, you know, shop. Uh, big space, everything. Really fun. But um, we sort of just weren't tapping into the entire bodyboard market. Okay. Uh, not many waves on Lake Macquarie. No, nah, no, nah, not many. Um, all the core guys supported us. Yeah. Um, you know, all the, uh, you know, we've been out there for eight years and uh, all the all the core crew knew we were there. Yeah. So anyone that knew we were there would come and Take see us. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, since we've been here, we got big pictures of all the best guys in the world. Yeah. And people who didn't see my one anywhere. No, <laughs> you're, working, you're working on that one, though, right? I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah. But no, it's really nice. I mean, it's a good spot. I mean, the good thing about New Air, I guess, is um, and this kind of area is that everybody's kind of 20 minutes away from everywhere else, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Pretty yeah, much, right? Yeah. Unless it's changed a bit since I was at university here, but it seems like, yeah, you can kind of, if you need to get to Warner's Bay, it's like, oh yeah, that'll take 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Get to you know somewhere else. So cool and like. What? I mean, there's a lot of questions I've got for you because, you know, you're a guy I've known a very, very long time in, in bodyboarding, you know, from going back to probably, like, the original Jeff Wilcox Memorial event that I was my first event. I'm certain that you were in that event as well, maybe yeah. as a junior or even as a open. How many years are between us? I'm 36, so where are you at now? 40. 40, so, yeah, I was a Grom and you would have been, like, a junior or a cadet. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like it's a long time ago now, like that's coming up to like, you know, that's like 23 years of, of knowing who John Crookshank was or the, the Crookshank brothers, you know, there was yeah, a posse yeah. of his. Yep. And um, really, he's really kind of, were part of the dominance from Newcastle for sure, competitively. Yep. And you're a pain in the ass in competitions, that's for sure. <laughs> but we'll get to all that later. But... Coming into the retail space in bodyboarding, retail's hard for yeah. the stop. Yep. But what brought on the decision to to kind of create D five in the first place? What was that all about? Uh, survival. <laughs> That's a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Survival. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've sort of you know I've uh, when I was younger I lost my little brother when he was twenty. I do remember that. Yep. Um, hit me pretty hard. Hmm. Um, luckily I had my wife Sarah who's been by my side the whole time and mm. um, we've had three boys mm. and you know it was only a year after we had our first boy after losing my brother so right. you know it was kind of like I 
it sort of straightened me out. Uh-huh. Uh, made me look at things a bit differently. Yeah. Um, and you know, since then I sort of it took me a while, but I found my found what sort of grounded me. Uh-huh. And it was just trying to enjoy things, mm-hmm. the simple things, and, and bodyboarding is that for me. Like I'm in out in the surf. Uh, whether you're with some a, a bunch of your mates or you're out there by yourself, it, it has its own unique challenges. And um, I don't know. Whenever I come in, I feel like the weight of the world is off my shoulders. So um, yeah, I kind of find myself these days having even more fun than what I've ever had. Mm. So um, yeah, I guess the the reason I started this whole thing was because I just didn't want to get a real job. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. It's yeah. worked out. How long has it been now? Uh, ten years. Ten years. Yeah, ten years. What's the significance of D five? The name? I don't know. Uh, so basically, you know, like everyone has their, their names that um, they sort of choose for their business. It's, mm. it's a real hard one to choose a name. Mm. You know, and um, I uh, when I started out, um, the crew from Solid had their shop, and they were mm. like a. They had it set up sort of like a Newcastle bodyboard specialist. I didn't want to come in and sort of do the same sort of thing. Mm. Uh, I had a good thing going. So um, that's also why we went out to Warner's Bay to make sure we were sort of out to a different market. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, the district part, I was just with a mate. We were coming, Adam Adam Cheers. Cheersy! (laughs) Cheersy. We were coming back from uh, Queensland and um, we were just talking about ways to make it work so that I could keep on you know sort of doing this being part of the you know the bodyboard mm. culture and uh, and we came up with this name um, both of us were like the that alien movie District 9 <laughs> yeah 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 and uh, a lot of people have always said that bodyboarders are like you know with an alienated <laughs> part of surfing so totally uh, so that sort of you know, sort of fit in, and then the fight part is me, Sarah, and the three boys. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's five of us. Uh, five aliens. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, easiest way to put it. But uh, it sort of tied into when I got the shop. It was in a business district area mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, sure. So I was like, eh, that will work. Yeah, yeah <laughs> sure. It, it kind of yeah, does yeah. in that context too. Yeah. It's just like uh, it's D five, and that one there's yeah. like air compressor systems, and you know, there's the welder <laughs> shop. So I'm sure it did actually fit in just fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's really cool. I mean, it, before that, though, like, were you uh, were you a guy? Like, what were you doing to earn a crust before that, though? Because you know, you're, you're you're 40 now, so you just kind of working lots of odd jobs. Were you kind of still figuring no, 100% out? 100 percent Johnny Howard surf team. Oh, really? No, no, yeah, not at all. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. Now, um, then the Kevin Rudd surf team. Yeah, <laughs> crossover. Yeah, yeah. Now I actually work for my dad here on Newcastle Hats. Um, oh, okay. And so me and my two older brothers, yeah. who both you know they were pro pro boogers yeah. before i'd even started so mm. uh we worked with him and um yeah up until i was about 20 mm. um before i was there i went and did a couple of years of carpentry and joinery okay and uh a bit of a jack of all trades i guess yeah, and sure. then i went to uni i did um a year and a bit of um environmental science cool and it was just a bit boring yeah um too boring for me and yeah, from there I, I basically worked at Breakaway Surf Co for about ten years. Cool. Uh, so ten years there. Surf trade. Yep. And then from there I've been doing this for now ten years. So I'm nearly twenty years of selling bodyboards. Great. Flinging polypropylene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Good stuff. I mean, those 10 years of breakaway obviously probably provided you with a fair bit of education about what you were stepping into. It wasn't, I guess, where I was going with it was, was it like a cold leap of faith into oh, the industry no, no, no. or was it, it I, seems like... I backed the break, myself, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The breakaway bit would have yeah, like, you totally. would have seen a lot, understood seen, seen the whole scene. Um, you know, the thing is that um, what I learned was that you can't just be, you can't just want to own a surf shop because it's cool to own one. Mm. You have to be a business person as well. Mm -hmm. If you don't, business is 95%, the other 5% is the surfing part. Yeah, hanging yeah. out, having yeah, yeah. yarn about the waves the that's, other day. And that's all that right. Kind of stuff, You've got yeah. to make sure that you run a, run a good business. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, 10 years of the game kind of says that you kind of know what you're doing at least. I'm Half the time. I hope so. <laughs> Pretend to. <laughs> yeah. But you do seem to be able to find time to still get in the water because you and I had a surf this morning and I was noticing that work hours were creeping up, but yeah. that didn't seem to bother you as much. You didn't see the business hours. Oh, yeah. It's 10 o'clock, right? 10, 10 o'clock, <laughs> yeah. The old shop, I was out there from like maybe 8.30 in the morning until uh, about 5.30 in the harbour. Can't be doing that. And, uh, yeah, this one's like at 10 to 4.30, so, mm. um, yeah, surf before, mm. after, and sometimes in between too. Yeah, right. <laughs> epic, epic. It's a good deal. Yeah. Let's go back in time. Let's go back, back in time. For you, I mean, I've always really rated you personally. My, I rate you really bloody dangerous in a heat. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like... Thanks, mate. I'm definitely like, ugh, got to <laughs> So, like, were you always competitive from the beginning? Was it really your kind of focus with bodyboarding in the in the beginning, or was it just no, something you no, said to be good really. at? Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I think back, and I never really made it about winning. Mm. I always try my best, mm. you know, but um, I guess... You get a few heat wins, it feels good, and then you find yeah. the find the right strategy that makes it work, and yeah. you just sort of keep going. Um, I, yeah, these days winning doesn't like early days. I felt like I was trying to prove something, mm. you know, like like we all were. Everyone mm. was like trying to, you know, get their groove on and, mm. and, and make sure that they were sort of noticed. But um, yeah, it's been a long time since I've cared about that. Mm. Uh, these days competing for fun, mm. smile on the face, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, you know, um, surfing heats is just, I don't know, it's a bit like a maths quiz, you know, like, you, it's all in front of you, you know who's, who you're up against, you kind of know their strengths and weaknesses, you, you put it all together and you're like, well, if they're going to be doing this, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be doing this, I think the judges are going to like this better, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Well, and it has worked because you've got a bloody Australian tour title, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember when you won it because I... Yeah, I know. I took you out in the semis. <laughs> you semis did. The last <laughs> I remember... So, you, I were, was, you were in the race. I was in the race. Yeah. I was in the race. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I took out the Pro Junior title that year, so I was content with yep. that. But, like, I remember getting that semi-finals. I was doing the numbers. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, Mitch is still in it. John's still in it. And we're all in this heat now. And I was like, oh, wow, if I can get through this semi... I could actually get a double in the year, and I'm like, all right, here we go. I got, I can do this, and then I just remember struggling through the heat. I think it was at North Boomerang, if yeah, I remember North correctly. Right. And I do remember probably one of the waves that really just put the nail in the coffin. And you, I remember you coming around to the section. It was pretty good. It was like maybe three, four foot. It was yeah, actually yeah, pretty 20. good conditions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really nice. good. And I just remember you just punching this massive roll, 
like in front of me and I was like oh he's winning this heat and then I was like ah no I got knocked out in that semi and then you, you went on but you know like they're really good memories but that calculation is actually what you know I like to compete as well so I understand what you're saying when you when you do the lay of the land in a, in a, in a heat and you there's also that bit too I think where you kind of know that a pair of sixes is probably going to be enough to win the heat at the end of the day. You know, most people... Pending conditions. Don't, yeah, pending yeah, conditions, yeah. but, you know, like, in those kind of beachy environments where it can kind of go any way, like, you kind of know that, like, if I at least get two sixes, I'm yep. probably making the heat. Yep. And, and as long as you always... It's just basically above average surfing is your minimum standard. You know why I got you in that heat? Oh, why'd you get me? Because I make it sevens. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need seven. You reckon you need seven? You need seven. Okay, yeah. you're probably right. You're yeah. probably right. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. I reckon it's yeah, it's probably sevens, and then you definitely got the heat. Yeah, you yeah. definitely got the heat with two sevens. Well, you get through. You get because through certainly. You're gonna have guys that sometimes just go on a blinder, and waves will just they get the magic wave. Yeah, they do. You know, and that happens. So, mm. couple of sevens. Couple of sevens is the safe spot. Yeah, safe. Okay, yeah. Cool. couple well. of sixes. He's, he's got the Aussie yeah, Tour yeah. Championship, I don't, so maybe people should listen to him with that one. So two sevens, two sevens. got it, got yeah, it sorted. That's it. But like, that, you know, coming off an Aussie title win back then, I think it must have been 2003 when you won that? Yep. Yeah. We both remember that, <laughs> that year really well, because yep. we both won something pretty important to us. Um, how old were you when you won that? You must have been mid-20s, 20, late-20s? Okay. Four. Okay. Yep. There you so, go. Mid twenties. Uh, yep. So uh, Hayden, my oldest son, would have been two. Okay. Yep. Off the back of that, like, where were you at with the sport then? Like, were you kind of like, you know, I still wanted more. Yeah. But it seemed so out of reach still. Okay. Um, I posed a simple question to my sponsors if they could come up with half an airfare to Hawaii that year. Really. And no, I, I didn't get you anything. Couldn't get it. Nothing. No way. I was like, okay, if it's that hard, mm. you know what? I don't want to, and I don't want to wreck bodyboarding by making it a job for me. Like, yeah. you know, like I didn't want it to be all hinge on success. Yeah. And so, I kind of just took it back. I didn't even compete the next year. I had the next year Jeez, off. That's crazy. And uh, and just surf, just. Waves. I feel like naming names with your sponsors now. Like, uh, <laughs> no, but it doesn't uh, matter. But well, look, it, to be to be honest, that year, Foreplay had Ryan Hardy, uh, Mitch, oh. and Mason. Okay. Well, okay, and those guys all totally dominated me in everything. So mm. I can't be too disappointed there. And the guys, the the gallons, they actually asked me if I wanted a signature model straight after it. Right. I, walked, I walked in, and all I wanted to do was get a fresh ride. Yeah. And the whole office went quiet and I was like what is it so long? this isn't like these guys they're usually and I was like what's going on and like oh, I suppose you want to talk contract and, oh. and and like and I was like and they're like oh do you want to like like are you interested in doing a signature board and I was like no not at all <laughs> just want to get a board just a free board be just, nice. just a board and uh, Gibbo's out the back and I'm yeah. like just the board Gibbo <laughs> That was I come down and get a board, give her, make me a board in the day. Yeah. And I'd hang out and sort of help out, and then yeah. uh, we'll go get a pie and a, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a can of coke. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was just fun. That's funny. So it was awkward. Fun. I was just expecting so, yeah, this, yeah, big, yeah, totally. this big moment. Yeah. Shout out to the gallons. They put a lot of um, 
working over the years. They definitely they put did, in yeah. a good slog back then. Totally, 100%. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that, that must have been a big disappointment, though, not to get just that little... It's not a lot of money you were kind of asking uh, for, to be honest. No, nah, it wasn't. Look, I, I would have liked... You know what? I, I look back at it now and I'm not disappointed at all because yeah. it led me to here. Yeah, I feel sure. like this has been a better path for me anyway because okay. I've seen some of my some good mates go and do the slog on the tour and they got good contracts. Yeah. But it was still only enough to pay for them to try and get their next contract. Yeah. You know, so they spend the entire... Um, you know, contract they get mm. chasing a tour, mm. but then when they get home, they had no money left. Yeah, it's a horrible and then, situation. And then they'd have to hope to get the the next contract again, yeah. just to do it again. So, yeah, I know the I know the game. Yeah, so you know, always that was I sort of. But I, the, the worst thing was I saw them actually stop liking bodyboarding because mm. when you stop getting paid for a job that you do really well, mm. Mm. you're gonna. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, you're not. Mm. You're gonna have a bit of you know, a bit of hatred going somewhere. Mm. And so I saw that happening to him and I was scared shitless that I would ever think that way about bodyboarding. So mm. I like my path. I think it's worked out good for me because I've never had to face that. Yeah. I definitely hated it. Yeah, and it was that problem. It was part of that problem. And yeah. there's, I mean, let's go there because I think this is one of my biggest, um, I guess, biggest talking points publicly and privately is that you know like I, I totally promote what you've done instead of what I tried to do you know like is that a car alarm or what the hell was that did you park out there no 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 I'm not <laughs> yeah. anyways I was just like come on we just turned all the music down the fans off Sarah's sweating over there um I I'm a big proponent of bodyboarding not being a profession at all and I'm guessing, and you know, people just kind of getting a real job, creating their own kind of financial stability away from the bodyboard yeah, so that they can actually okay. continue enjoying it. Do you think that's something that riders today with aspirations ought to like? I've had to tell a fair few of the guys I sponsor that the, the riding is on the wall, you know, like I want them to be able to turn it into a career. Yeah. Our sport isn't ready for them to have a career where they are where that's all they get to do yeah you know it's it might have nearly got there a few times and it might have been there a little bit mm. um, but right now I think that um, we just need to build some some building blocks at the bottom end of our sport um, we need to simplify everything I, I just I just don't see like I've got guys that have so much talent and they want to get to the very top mm. There isn't a paycheck there for them, mm. you know, unfortunately. And so these guys, like, but they can be part of the solution because these guys can actually get a job in this game, in the coaching of new kids coming through, in the promotion of the sport, of, you know, like, there's definitely a lot of opportunities for these kids to be able to come through and really actually create their own future. Um, and hopefully with the right people involved um, that's the direction we're actually taking our sport we'll just start from the start from the bottom and make the bottom real strong and then when we get to the top we'll have something that holds it up because mm. we just went straight to the top and there was nothing that followed it was like you've seen the generation gaps mm. in, in bodyboarding like the whole there's like this, this little bubble up the top and, yeah 
uh, eventually it busted. Mm. I was kind of not here for the, the popping of that bubble and I kind of, and that's what the really surreal thing for me, you know, I'm three years coming into my fourth year of being back on the world tour and I'm one of four Australians who are regularly there yeah. and it's just kind of like, you know, I know I've been on your case, like, oh, come to Hawaii and do the pop-up, or, you know, oh, mate, you've got to do a chili trip, it's so incredible, you love it, and, you know, I'm kind of just, like, tripping out when I'm at these comps, because I'm just like, it really, it doesn't make any sense that Josh Kirkman's there and other people aren't, you know, because there's all of this talent in Australia yeah, that uh, isn't competing at yeah, that level. it makes sense that you're there, but yeah. it makes more sense if the... The others are there, the too. Are there yeah, too. thanks, well, thanks, yeah, yeah. I'll take that as yeah. a compliment, I'll take it, but, like, it's a, it's just a wild situation because, you know, back, you know, 12, 13 years now when I was that 20-year-old chasing dreams and getting frustrated by those the financial reward not really being enough and, you know, hating the sport afterwards, it, it's kind of like I get that um, I, I kind of, I'm tripping that there's the talent that I was with back then, you know, it's... Ben and Ryan, King, yeah. Winnie, Virtue. You, you name a lot of names on. that are now actually running businesses. True. In in this sport. True. True. You know, so these guys aren't there mm. because they can't survive there. Yeah. They're actually running their businesses back here. Yeah, exactly. So that and, and that's why they're not on the tour because. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they might be able to go over there and there's one guy that gets a real good paycheck, you mm. know, like makes the trip really worthwhile. Yeah. But that doesn't work when you've got a family and you've got kids no. and you've got, you know, like, because you can't just throw all your eggs in one basket and hope for the best. Not at all. Not so at all. they're not there because they just can't be, yeah. you know. They might do one here and there when they, mm. you know, when it, when it works for them. Mm. Um, but, you know, until everything sort of, sort of goes around that revolving door, um, I think that, you know, we just got to do the best we can. So what is this best we can? You talk about coaching, you talk about this strong foundation. Like, what, what, do you have a pretty clear vision about what you're talking about? Like, could you paint a picture for the listener and the viewer about what is, how does, because you, you have tremendous experience as a writer, you've got tremendous experience as a competitor, tremendous experience as a retailer, and I mean, the other bit that hasn't been said, you're, you're also the distributor of like a brand and, and many brands in Australia. Um, science being that. What else do you distribute? Joel uh, and Viper for Mike as well. Okay, so the Mike Stewart yep. group of companies. Yep. So you've got you've got like these multi layers of. Are you a judge as well? You're probably a judge. I've done a little bit, but I can't claim that. I can't sit and watch. Oh, I right. struggle. I'm like I'm okay. the. I'm putting my wedding on and I'm out there. I've got too many opinions for judges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate me on the panel, so that's yeah, why I'm yeah. not invited. Um, but like you've got all this experience across the board. Paint a picture. How do we regrow this sport? Uh, look, just from the base. Okay. You know, like it's. Uh, firstly, you got to unite everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like bodyboarding's been so disjointed through everything, uh, especially the competitive side of things. Okay. okay. So a lot of people say bodyboard. Like when they look at whether bodyboarding's doing well, they try and judge it on the competition side of things. Mm. So that's often the only thing that anyone ever looks at mm. and whereas you know like bodyboarding's doing well if there's a lot of bodyboarders right mm. um, not if there's a lot of bodyboarders competing yeah true so we've got to get more bodyboarders not people like competing that comes mm. more in the water potentially more in the clubs mm. um, but the clubs are only just now starting to actually talk to each other 
and, and starting to align with similar uh, setup so that everyone's running on a same sort of system. Okay. Uh, it has everyone's just been like doing their own thing. Own thing. And so okay. it just sort of everyone promotes in different ways. Um, and you know, like it's it's a bit it's been a bit weird, mm. I reckon. Like okay. um, because there's no foundation. Like who do you like so you're Shaden Schrader. Mm. Absolute Shredder as his name suggests. Good name for yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Uh, and you know like if he was one of the kids that we wanted to try and get him set up so he's doing the world tour he can chase events he's doing trips he's coming home he's working doing coaching and all mm. that who do you ask who does he ask to try and get his credentials to even coach mm. who does he get his insurance for mm. who is he you know like surely there's got to be an organization for bodyboarding that has the platform mm. And it's never been developed. Have you ever heard of one? Yeah. In I Australia? Mean, this is one of those old things about surfing Australia's kind of yeah, yeah. grip over the top of bodyboarding. I don't know the details so well, but I believe Dan Dobb um, did a good article on this with movement. And yeah, like it seems like it's a really tricky um, problem and one that we ought to, f you're saying we need to focus our energies on that original totally. problem first. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. 100%. Like surfing, surfing New South Wales, the guys there are unreal. They yeah. run. Yeah, they do their best with their state titles mm. for bodyboarding, but they just don't have a heap of bodyboarders going and competing. And mm. you know, we most of the clubs get their insurance through through them. Okay. Okay. So the insurance runs through Surfing New South Wales. So mm. you know, like they essentially are getting our numbers into for their funding. For their funding. Uh huh. Okay. So and they don't put that much back into us because we put nothing into them yeah um and i don't know if that's the answer whether or not their platform actually will provide for us okay um you know i'm not sure but we need something that is mm. you know if it is them great mm. if it's you know if it's something else we need to work out what it is it's interesting that like this insurance question matters so much it's <laughs> totally such an invisible does problem and consideration yep. for most people when they look at the sport but what you're saying is is that there's a reliance from the clubs presently on an entity like surfing new south wales to provide a, a coverage so that yep. we can operate events and you know as far as i understand though like if you're out in the water and you kind of screw yourself are you really covered that well in that moment uh, not, not not so much it's nah. not so much that you um you know you're still going to compete at mostly your own risk yeah um there is elements where, like, if you there's an extra membership you can do, um, okay. and it will cover you for that sort of stuff. But um, how much it covers you, I, I, yeah. I, I don't really know, and I don't think about that stuff. If I hurt myself in the surf, then that's on me. Yeah, that's the way I've always looked at it. I wouldn't. Um, you can always wear a helmet though, like me. <laughs> <laughs> or just hit the reef, yeah. like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so there's this insurance backbone thing that's a consideration, but you're also touching on this coaching idea, and I mean, you'd have to say that part of this kind of picture you're painting about how body, the theory of growth for bodyboarding, it is being executed a little bit by the likes of Lily Pollard yep. is clearly yep. kind of got a game face on and, and is really putting in a lot of effort to grow bodyboarding through this coaching element and inspiring kids and stuff. Ryan Hardy's certainly doing it as well. Um, I'm actually picking him up from the airport after oh, this see. chat and going yeah. to Foster for a coaching clinic. Is that a really critical piece of the puzzle, in your opinion? Totally, hundred mm. percent. Yeah. Um, like I, I don't like what I don't understand is why there isn't 
already a bodyboarding coaching course that you can do um, and become a qualified coach for bodyboarding. Mm. Um, and why we can't set that? Like if you, if it was easy enough that someone goes, okay, you do this course, mm. you pay this amount, you get insurance through us. Mm. Here's a generic business sort of model that yeah. works in most places. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, surfing, they have coaches everywhere up yeah. on the coast. And, it's crazy. And, and that's building their sport because there's all these young kids in the water, mm. learnt, like they're, they're learning on a surfboard, even though surf, like, uh, that many parents come in here and they go, oh, I've been pushing my kid in on the water, he's hating the surfboard, he said he's never going back in again, he said he'll ride a bodyboard. I'm like, oh, it's all right, mate, get him in the, if you get him in the water, and he gets comfortable out there, he'll choose his craft, mm. and, and I don't care what he rides, mm. if he's having fun out there, mm. then he's just like the rest of us. Mm. So, you know, the, but the coaching, they're only coaching surfing. Mm. So, easiest craft to catch your first wave on is a bodyboard. 100%. Can't beat them. Can't beat them, and they become a hell of a lot of fun once you know what well, you're doing. Well, yeah, there's so many different levels of bodyboarding, you know, like mm. uh, you, could, you could be an 80 year old dude, like with no flippers, pair of speedos. Catching some foamies, and it might be, be a thirty-six-year-old do do speedos as well. <laughs> Just tempt me. Yes. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm glad you hit this eighty-year-old button because it's actually a thing I, I've been considering a lot. And with this coaching clinic, like I'm picking up Hardy. We've lit, uh, Millie Chalk has done a bunch of promotional stuff in the local schools already. Hardy and I are hitting the high school tomorrow in the morning, and then we're hoping to get a coaching clinic done in the afternoon for, you know. Um, Year six kids and then teenage kids, two two clinics and then a bit of a hangout afterwards. And I actually sent out like a flyer to the local retirement village, like provider, one of the service <laughs> providers, wow, to kind of like yeah, cool. to pitch it to like over sixty fives and kind of say like, you know, this this is a great thing for you to do if you want to get in the water and do it in a safe way. Yep. in a relatively low impact way because let's face it you know if you kind of get in the water at that age you're not going to be like scooping into some reef no, break no, just, you're going to just, just, just be after a little free ride exactly right and, and the funny thing is like it's probably about 13 years ago now that my uncle who um, he had a heart problem and he he had to always like exercise a lot like he had to he was a, a runner he got into it yep. and he was always doing the city to surf and you know really belting out the kilometers to keep himself fit making sure his heart's in check and um there came a point like with old age and with running so much that all of his joints were starting to go on him and he, you know he's getting you know problems that he can't run anymore and then there's this concern about okay what do you do to stay fit yep. if you can't go and get that um cardiovascular work done on the streets you know, belt in the pavement, and the doctor actually prescribed bodyboarding to him. The doctor said, <laughs> "Like, cool. have what you thought about bodyboarding?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and my uncle's like, "Well, my nephew actually does it." And he's like, "Well, there you go. Like, like get into it. You know, kicking your legs around, paddling around, and it's a lot of fun." So, I I think me I've been really pondering this, and maybe it's because my old man still gets in the water. And he's like 65, 66 now, 67, I don't know, 70, Steve, I don't know how old you are. <laughs> but um, he is, it's a really accessible thing for him and he can stay fitter just by getting out in the water regularly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've been pondering this a while. What do you reckon? You reckon like there's a, there's a market there as well? Because you mentioned the 80-year-old. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, the other thing, I speak to Mike a fair bit about this sort of stuff as well. Mm. And, 
biggest thing, man, like mentally in this world, like people mm. are people are getting challenged as well, you know, and um, there's nothing better than just getting in the soul. Mm. It's, you know, totally. it's basically free once you've got your gear. Yeah. And you just jump in there. It's something totally away from all mm. the digital stuff. Distractions. That's out there. Podcasts and Podcasts, things like that. Podcasts, yeah, GoPros. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's great for you, you know, yeah. for your mind as well as your body. It's not just, you know... Um, man, uh, like I speak to uh, Damien Alexander. He's had yeah. he's uh, he's had heaps of his mates actually commit suicide. Mm. You know, there there are a lot of them are out on the farms and that sort of stuff, yeah, and right. they just can't deal with stuff. Some you of know? the challenges of life. The challenges, yeah. Mm. So you know, like I, I just think that every time I've been in the surfer. Always come out feeling pretty good. Has it been a, a therapy for you though? Have you oh, recognised yeah, sure. it in times 100%. of like struggle that you've really got a lot out of it? Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, certainly has that effect on me too. I know that for sure. Yeah, I think it brings the stoke back. Mm. I just, I think it makes you feel like a, a kid. Mm. Um, and you know, like yeah, often out there just laughing away, and they've done something really stupid. Mm. <laughs> I like the problem like I mean for me as well I do in like I'll probably sound like a bit of a psycho or a bit, bit kind of on the edge here by saying that I actually enjoy the the risk yeah, like like okay. that kind of yeah. and I know a lot of guys will catch big like much bigger waves than what I'm ever going to really be that interested in but like there is that adrenaline that you get from being that close to like yeah, yeah. not in control yeah or like you know death yeah, like yeah. it's right there like yeah. You know, and and but it's it is a thrill. Like yeah. it is a thrill to, you know, to surf a wave like Fronton, where you kind of, you know, like shit. Yeah. You do yeah, this yeah. wrong, you, you're gonna have yeah. some problems. You know, Arika is another you're about one. To pay the price. You're yeah. gonna pay a big price, and like it's um it, it is a thrill, and I guess that's why a lot of us, I know that um a lot of surfers and bodyboarders struggle when they, particularly professional ones, you know, when they leave the sport, and I know that I certainly struggled when I left bodyboarding and really cut it out of my life and cut surfing out of my life as well was that there was no adrenaline fix for me there was no opportunity from the world to get that stoke yep and it makes it's hard to live without that level of um adrenaline pumping through your veins which you can't well you can get it from drugs you can get it from taking other risks in life but they're not very fun risks you know they're very unhealthy risks but you know there are ways to get it but they're not healthy ways um it's it's a it's an interesting thing right like that it it definitely keeps you alive and mentally healthy well i saw you out in the surf today and i was like it looks like it's washing through it looks like it was probably a tricky paddle out and i was like yeah it looks fun so it definitely has its um challenges in, in conditions like that but yeah it's always a lot of fun i think like it's and it's definitely you and i were talking this morning also about the kind of physical impact on it like you know you're a guy in your 40s yeah you, you you're in good shape like is that part is the bodyboarding helping you achieve this still that's all i do it is i don't do any other you don't do else? anything else no not really okay yeah cool. um like right i'll skate down to the bank instead of okay you know, driving the car. That's and a high risk activity. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah, definitely. Me on a skateboard is <laughs> well, high risk. Me too. Me yeah. too. So, 
so cool. Yeah, cool. But, and, and that is probably for the exact same reason. Maybe mm. I didn't surf for two days or something. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I need to do something that I could maybe... Get you on the edge. Yeah, might fall, might hit a crack in the road, fall off, or... Fun times. Who knows? Fun yeah. times. Let's go to Newey for a second. Let's take this into this area. Like, when you were growing up bodyboarding... Who was the? Who were the riders that really kind of inspired you in the beginning? Were they local? Because for me, they were local people, but also obviously the superstars. Yeah, but like okay. locally, let's start there. Who who were the local people that inspired you when you were younger? Um, my brothers were already pro bodyboarders before I really started, so uh-huh. they were already doing it. And to tell you the truth, that actually scared the shit out of me. It almost made me not do it. Uh huh. Because they were so good at it. Uh, and I'd never done it uh-huh. that I felt like I'd be the kook brother. Uh-huh, you know? you that. Yeah, I'd be the one that was like, ah, his brothers are so good. And <laughs> what's wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. it, it was tricky for me. So I actually didn't like going to the beach with him. Uh-huh. Um, especially because I was like, this is sort of, I guess, through years six into seven and eight, those oh, years. Right. And um, so I actually just found a couple of mates from school and we just started going. And, mm-hmm. you know, before I knew it, I sort of, I'd watched them bodyboard enough that I picked it up really fast. And yeah. I was actually competing into the first year I actually started bodyboarding. I was already joined the club and mm-hmm. I went from being first round clown, maybe first two comps. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, got better, got better. Got, and by yeah. the end of the year, I'd, I'd won a comp. And Did that mean that you'd beaten your brothers? No, I wasn't against. Oh, he was in. Yeah, di- okay, cool. I was cool. probably in cadets. Or something. Oh, okay. I think I was against Dean Finch and Garfo. Okay, so, cool, cool, yeah. cool. So they, they just at that age they were just way ahead. They yeah, were, Garth were, and that. Yeah, yeah, they were they were real. They were killing it. Okay. Um, so, so who? So the brothers they didn't so, really inspire you. Um, they pushed me. Right. But like they would, yeah, it was like they were just. They were really good, and I was like, I mm. sort of, I didn't want to be around them too much in mm. surf because they grilled, they grilled me for being a coup. They just mm. grilled me so hard. So I just sort of found everyone else to surf with, and everyone, you know, because they were my brothers, everyone else looked after me. Aha. Uh-huh. More than them. Okay. <laughs> all, right, all right. So it was, it was really cool. All the so group, the Crookshank name helped you. 100%. But not the Crookshank brothers. No, the Crookshank brothers <laughs> okay, didn't cool. help me at all. <laughs> Great. Um, but. You know, Garth, I was, he was always, always, he still looks after me now, mm. you know, like he's, he's sort of uh, someone that's been a, a mate through, through everything for a long time and, mm. uh, you know, like he's sort of, he's pushed himself, you know, for a long time in the surf and uh, he's still he's still doing it. He rides a boog when it's, when it's solid now and still, still owns it. So I think he's got the best rail Probably the best rail game in the world. Yeah. Like, I'll give him that yeah, for sure. His like bottom turn to drive. like is And some of those turns he does yeah, just yeah. as the barrel's ending. Like, he's got yep. this ability to, to throw that in, like, the outside rail, like, this kind of carve on the way out. And I remember yeah, seeing yeah. that when I was younger on, like, uh, Ian Stewart's films, yeah, like yeah, the Safada films. When he was on the cue yeah, Exactly, yeah. The first pipe was where he practiced it. Exactly. Already. It was, like, had the turn in the barrel and he yeah. used to just, like, bang it in. Yeah. Cool. So, look... Always sort of, always love Garth's riding. Always, uh, you know, there was, I got mates that are, 
you know, been sponsored through all those years. You remember Dorso? And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he sort of went heaps harder on the knee. And, That's and, right. Uh, I think I actually saw him today and I didn't recognise him because he had a surfer or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been him. face, but I don't know. Yeah, but yeah so, been. you know, surfer cool. with him. And, He's a good drop now back in the day, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. He sort of had a few knee issues, but he still does it and still, mm. still shreds. Yeah, but, um, cool. You know, and then I just had, like, I've just had heaps of different mates through 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 the whole time, you know. Mm. Like I've sort of, I feel like I've been the constant one. I just keep going, and so anyone that wants to come back or start oh, up, oh, they're, right. they're kind of like Johnny, we surfing again, and I'm like, and yeah, cool. Come and join me. <laughs> I'll meet you at the shop. They've they got all their gear. All right, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah. But, um, deal, no, no. So they're like, you know, like I guess the. One guy that I really thought was was um, ahead of his time when I very very first started was Don Larney. Um, I don't know, he was hot butted or he, Ocean Earth. Ocean and Earth. He was Ocean and Earth. So Don Larney, that name's so familiar to me. Yeah, but he, he's older than even he's older than. Uh, okay, so this my is brother Joel. Yeah, so so this is maybe one of the guys. Was, he was the guys that my brothers looked up to. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Okay. And so he, and and he was just like man, he just had skill. Okay. Crazy skill. And this is a newy guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. cool. All right. And all right. so everyone always wondered why he didn't stick with it and oh. like all this sort of stuff. And yeah, I don't know, just life gets. Because if he was like, what is he like another say what seven to ten years older than you? Or? Yeah, yeah, I reckon he would be. Okay, so yep. he would have been in that first. He's in the first wave. First wave, yeah. Yeah, yep. when like like the yeah. Ross Hawks, the Epos, and that's right. Okay, front, yeah, he used to have front and back of the covers. I remember like this ABVs now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm remembering this now. So wow, okay. I do so, remember that. I do remember that So he that was name. fast. He was fa- the reason I thought he was so, he was just fast on water. Uh-huh. You know, so he was just like, just okay. like he cut through everything. So, yeah. Right, it's really, funny to hear what's inspiring. Yeah, yeah. Like what was inspiring. Like he was fast. Yep. Like. As simple as that. I know. It's so simple. How simple was bodyboarding back yeah, in the yeah. beginning? Yep. Well, he was faster than everyone else. That's that was just so what funny. I, that was what I got from, from his classy. riding, you know. And, uh, you know, like, Garth was real powerful. Joel was like Tammy Garth because he'd always do freaky stuff okay. that surprised you. Uh-huh. And Ben had the Mike style. Okay. So, he you know. the stylish one of the Yeah, group. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of like what I remember from those days. Like, everyone okay. had their had their little thing. And yeah. uh, I was just kind of like, I don't know, I just was the young grommet that, What's the age difference between you and your two older brothers? Uh, Ben's two years older yeah. and Joel's four years older than me. Okay, so there you go. All right, so that's that's funny. So even with that close proximity of age, because that's not a big, like, the age difference between myself and my older brother is, like, two and a half years. So, and I just followed him, yeah. you know, and, and the other yeah. boy, Drew Cochram, guys like that from back in the day. There's some names from the Foster region. But, you know, the older boys like Shane Chalker and... Um, and you know Troy Deco, you know they were they were on this other level above us, and it yep. was that was kind of the hierarchy at least for bodyboarding around there. Um, that's really funny to hear. It kind of takes me to an idea or something that I think you can definitely relate to with with this discussion around like Don Larney was so fast, and that's why I liked how he surfed. Do you, like today I look at guys like Louis Finnegan and George Humphreys, wingers, this this next generation there, and like you know Shaden Schrader can yep. be put there, Lachlan Cramsey, you know, like these are, these guys are like technically brilliant riders, yeah. Um, but they're doing like it's almost like more to the maybe the three amigos, all that stuff 
in the right, you know, these massive waves, this hectic stuff. Like, I think I know where you're going with this. Does it inspire anyone? Like, does it, re- or does uh, it scare the no, shit out of them? Well, I think that it, like, it kind of, it makes them, you know, like, freaks. And, yeah. like, you know, and it doesn't make a kid that's just seen this board and going, oh, I want to go and catch a, my first wave and... yeah. Does it make him do that? No, it's the opposite. It's it's not the opposite, but um, it's the like Brad Hughes. Yeah. Okay. He had uh, when I was working at Breakaway, mm-hmm. um, he caught that massive right. Okay. Uh-huh. It was everywhere. Yeah. Okay. We we're like, my boss is like, so what boards are we getting in this year? And I was like, man, we need to get some of his. He's uh-huh. been on a tear. Uh-huh. Put them all in shop. No one, they don't sell. Right. Because no one. Can picture himself catching a wave like that. <laughs> Dude, like, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Am I, I really gonna? I'm, I'm gonna go for the one where you can do a few spinners. Yeah, because that's where I'm at. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, um, so it's, you know, it's a tricky one, and I'm not like those guys are incredible, man. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, I agree. Absolute freaks. Yeah, I'm definitely and, not playing it down. No, no, and and they deserve all the accolades they get, and mm. I want their boards to be able to sell, but at the same time, the customer in a shop. You've got to get what he wants. So, know, yeah, to... and like, and I'm referring also back to, like, so you're saying Don Laney was fast and that was yeah, cool. Yeah. But then also, if you look at the original Strowey films, which is kind of like the films you would have grown up watching, yeah. myself as well, you know, Underground Tapes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, whatever, the only hectic times in those films really were some pipeline sessions, but, but not, like, cra- like yeah, yeah. some crazy yeah. bits, but not, you the know. The Wipeouts bit. The Wipeouts bit. Shore break, obviously, that was the yep. Tim Jones getting upside down there. And then a bit of Shark Island. Yep. That was it. The rest of it was like, you know, beaches. Yeah, yeah. Like three black, foot black rock. Black rock sessions, yeah. you know. You're not going to get too yeah. hurt here. like it. Yeah. And I just remember even seeing things like, you know, some of the waves around my region in, in the Foster Great Lakes area. You know, like seeing guys. That was the most exciting bit I remember in those films. Was like, oh, that's that's that's, that's my spot. You know, yeah. oh, that, yeah. oh, that's when they came to Tunkari. Or you know, like so that was the excitement. And, and for me, I, I do think, like, or do or do you think there's that? You know, you're seeing people do a nice roll. You're seeing people do a good spin, and you're a grom who's who's trying to figure out how to get into bodyboarding. What do I want to do? It's actually achievable. Totally, hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah. totally reckon that. Um, you know, but I also think that you know these guy, the the guys that are charging, it's the same as the age thing for bodyboarding. Like mm-hmm. whether you're two, so we got a board for Hayden when he was two. Yeah, I remember he was like became yeah. more famous than everyone else on yeah. Instagram as a result of that. No, that's Jackson. Oh, that's Jackson. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hayden's. Okay, Hayden, okay, okay. Hayden sorry. Got his first it was sorry. one Gibbo made for him. Yeah, right. And he was two, and he went down. We had him down at the water, and you know, like, so if you can start at two. Mm. And we're saying you could be 80, 90, mm. and you could still go catch a wave. And there's everything in between. Mm. So we're sort of not bound by anything, mm. I would say. Like, there is no, it has to be this or it has to be that. I think that we have to just own it all, mm. um, you know, as bodyboarders. Like, um, I think we tried to push the sport so far out of where you started mm. that it was not really relatable. Mm. Um and we didn't put any effort back into the start. Yeah. So I think that we just need to push, you know, to sort of own the whole space. Whether yeah. it's extreme or whether it is like the total opposite end of the scale. Yeah. Like, you know, like um, we all started as kooks. 
Yeah, I admit that reluctantly. Yeah, yeah. I had duck feet. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. I had AP Sports, um, just like diving oh, yeah, flippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I had, a, I had a 43-inch Madrid. A Madrid? Yeah. Is that Was that a brand? It was a brand, yeah. I don't know That's where it came sick. from. It was from. Maybe from an op shop, I reckon. That's sick. Well, I'm back on the... Four, I'm on a 43 and a half now. <laughs> well, and I was on one when I was 12. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but like, on that question, I had a chat with Hardy the other week, and we published that um, podcast already, and if you're listening to this and you haven't heard the Hardy one, go and have a, have a look at it. But like, we were talking about this kind of diversity of boards, like sizes and shapes and stuff, and like as a retailer and as a wholesaler of boards, like... Do you kind of, and I think you're already hinting at this, that like bodyboarders maybe need to, in order to increase the fun and the opportunities for the stoke, which you live off and thrive off, do they need to be, like, and I think this, but what do you think? Do they need to have a quiver? Do they need to be thinking more about, like, I've got this board for these kind of more hollow conditions? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I think that it's not a rule for anyone in particular. Okay. Um, But if you want to have more fun and you want to be able to like ride a bodyboard more mm. and enjoy it then obviously if it's small mm. and you've got a big board it could be a lot more fun out there or mm. if you if you're surfing bigger waves and they're actually quite full a big board could be fun then too yeah true you know cause you, so it really depends what you're after out of bodyboarding mm. if you want to surf more yeah a, a quiver would be real handy because mm. it sort of provides you more fun in more types of waves. Yeah, I'm um, finding that for sure. Yeah, but if you're just a, someone who's just getting into it, of um, you you're not going to buy four boards uh, in your first uh, outing. It'd be hard. It'd be a hard gig me trying to convince them that too. Like, what you need? You don't need one. You need Hang like on, come with me. The... Come with me. I'm going to get you one of each. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only. Um, on the question of like back, let's bounce back. We're kind of bouncing all over the place. So I just looked at the time and like. We're at like 48 minutes in this oh, podcast. Shit. That has I hope there's still people watching. They're watching. <laughs> they are watching. This has been a lot of fun. Um, are there any trends you're seeing in, like, what's the, what's the, are there any trends you're seeing in this space? Types of boards, shapes, materials, preferences uh, from customers? Oh, definitely. What are you seeing? Fast. Fast? <laughs> yeah, the okay, Don cool. Don yeah, 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 The Don Lani effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I think that, um, Boards have got thinner, got narrower, mm. um, they're quite stiff, mm. um, the, all of those things point to fast, okay. you know, um, you know, the, the, obviously to control those things and do some of the stuff, you need some pretty good skill to ride those boards. Fast plus skill. Yeah. That's the two. That's, yeah, that's it. That sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty good to me too. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, so go fast. Yeah, go fast. Um, everyone's sort of doing their own little spin on boards, but end of the day, I mean, PP call for stringer and some surlin on it. It's gonna mm. gonna perform. Seems to be it, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. We need to get towards the wrap up point because this SD card's about to be full, <laughs> and we're hitting the sweet spot of a nice podcast episode. And I really thank you for taking the time. It's like a wonderful opportunity, which really just kind of occurred because like, <laughs> we went first. Well, yeah, yeah, and I wanted to stay the night in Newry. I was yeah. just like, oh, I'm gonna stay in Newry. It's too far to drive all the way to Foster, so I'm stoked. Um, What's next for you with the shop? Are there any plans? Can you reveal any like things uh, happening yeah, look, in the future? I, 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 we want to get into coaching and stuff. In I here. figured that was yeah. what you were going to say. It, it, we've, we've, I feel like it's we're kind of almost obligated to do it. Mm. Um, same as the opportunity to move the shop into here. It was mm. it was a massive gamble. Mm. I had a nice shop. Mm. It's all you know, and we just wanted to be able to put put this in front of people that. Mm 
don't bodyboard every okay. day, you know, and our customer base has totally changed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we still get core guys, they still come and support us, you know, as they always have, mm. but people who didn't know we existed are coming in and maybe getting their first board, families coming in and buying four boards at once, wow. you know, just start up boards, but that's where you start. Mm. Uh, maybe I'll send back in three years or so and yeah. they, they go one better. So what's the coaching uh, kind of shift look like? Is there, are there any plans in place? Like yeah. you have an outline of what you're thinking? Uh, what can you share? Not, not anything actually. No, no, no. Look, basically, we're um, we just want to get like get involved. Um, surfing New South Wales, they have coaching programs. You can actually do stuff through them, but it's it's more just a generic surf program. Mm -hmm. um, I think the first thing that needs to happen is the program needs to be created. Mm. You know, okay. so we actually have to have a course mm. where you can become. Mm. A bodyboard coach. That's right. And so that'll help. So that would it doesn't just give me an opportunity then, it gives everyone an opportunity that mm. is really interested in yeah. you know, pursuing something like that. So it doesn't just you know, and that's that's the key I think is um, being able to have people that are coaching around Australia. Mm. You know, or or even at a club level, you know, mm. having someone who's got those qualifications in a local bodyboard club mm. when those young kids come through just it, like advice just mm. help like you know you're going to be able to help all those young kids out so um, you know our club actually has Newcastle Bodyboard Club has super groms super groms um, under 10 parent assist uh huh yeah so that's we've been nice. doing that for about two years and I wasn't allowed to yeah that's cool I wasn't yeah. allowed to compete until I was 10 I was spewing yeah. well you can you know damn it under 10s mate Jackson Jackson's been doing it for Legendary. I think he's been in the club for four years already. <laughs> he's only nine. <laughs> yeah. That's epic. All right, well, so everybody listening and watching, stay tuned for some D5 coaching from the man himself. Australian bloody title winner. On a last note, on a, on a note to finish, like, you you were competing in some of the Foster Bodyboard Club comps, right? Yep. Get up there? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm planning on doing a few of those this year. Ooh, awesome. Is it payback time? Well, I think we might have to sort this out, All so right. stay tuned for that. Thanks a lot, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, man.